0: Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, tonight, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to uh, get back to Proverbs next week. But we were praying on uh, Monday night, and Pastor had left us instructions to pray that Monday night we would we need to be praying for the meetings that are coming up with Brother Randy. And so um, just some things came out during during prayer, and began to just kind of share just a little bit of it at the end of prayer before everybody left. And then just all of a sudden, it seemed as though That uh, it was good to the Holy Ghost that we talk about those things tonight. And so this afternoon, you know, where I was sitting down just kind of collecting my thoughts about some of the things he had said to me on Monday night. And I was thinking to myself, man, I, I probably have got 15 minutes worth of stuff to share you know, but as I started kind of just writing some thoughts down, I went, oh, my heavens, I can make two two weeks out of it. So, so we'll just see, you know, we'll shorten it up. But, um, you know, I, I said this on Monday night. Pastor doesn't have guest speakers in just for no reason. No. You know, we've got, you know, uh, we know lots of people. And there are always lots of people who want to come minister here. But I want you to know that your pastor... He's, in ch- he's, he's the one who gets the direction for who comes to speak in this pulpit outside of this church. And um, just because somebody's good, just because he knows them, just because he knows their ministry, doesn't mean God has said have them. But when God does say have them, there's always a reason for them to be here. God's got something in store for us. There is a, there is a, a time and a place where things are ordained of God. You know, I was, I was saying on Monday night that when he told me he had invite, invited the Keatons, I went, really? We don't even know the Keatons." I mean, he had an opportunity to, to just spend some time with them at, some, at Randy Greer's meetings last summer and uh, have a meal or two with them. And uh, that's, that's, I mean, we'd seen them over the years. We knew who they were. You know, we'd seen each other in passing at different meetings at RaMA, some of Dad Hagen's meetings. And so we really didn't know them. And he just said, no, I just feel really impressed that we're supposed to have them. And what a blessing they were. I'm telling you, I mean, that was just, it was tremendous. I mean, especially, you know, if you were here for that Monday night, you know, when, when uh, Sister Angela got up and she ministered before we prayed. I mean, that was, tr- what she had to share was Tremendous. I mean, I think life-changing, wasn't it, Brother Doug? I mean, really, if you paid attention to what was being said, I mean, it was was incredible. And so he doesn't have people just to have somebody, just to take up an offering. We're known for how generous this church is. And uh, and they were blessed by your generosity, which was wonderful. Uh, But, you know, Brother Randy, you know, we've had a long relationship with him. And timing is, is everything, just like everything that God puts together. Timing is everything. And so, you know, he feels like this is a time that God's ordained for Brother Randy to be here. That's why we're going to have him for five services. Now, that's an unusual occurrence. Usually, if we have a guest speaker, it's just a Sunday. But we've got five services coming up. And so, you know, there are, there, there are churches... The, church, the true church that God puts in place has been put in place by the Holy Spirit. And every church that's been put in place by the Holy Spirit has an assignment. You know, the early years of a church, you may not really see what that assignment is because the church is being formed, it's growing. I think it was Roy Hicks who said one time that a church isn't really a church until it's been established for a good 10 years because you're just in that growing phase for that first 10 years, just kind of kind of getting everybody together, you know, kind of getting them consolidated into a group. But, you know, at, it takes a while sometimes to find out exactly what your assignment is. Now, we know from the vision that God has given this church, Acts 26, you go there, you can read it, and, I mean, it's we talk about it all the time. We do know what part of what our assignment is, you know, to turn their eyes from darkness to light, from the authority of Satan to the, the power of God to they might know what their inheritance is and as the years have gone by we have done our best to fulfill that assignment you have gone out into the world and you have shared those truths with people that you've come in contact with and it's been amazing to you I'm sure that the things that are basic to you are life changing to people that hasn't that have never heard this stuff and And so you find out that what God has shown us, God has given us, the things that we're established in, the things that we're we're rooted and grounded in that's fundamental to us is eye-opening to the people that we're able to share it with. It was eye-opening to us once too. You know, that's the thing. It was eye-opening to us. But as the years have gone by, you know, especially the last probably 10 years, uh, we've we've begun to see more and more that God's got an assignment for us in these end times. It has. It's been involving prayer. It will involve more things. I believe that these meetings with Brother Randy are going to op- is going to open the door to some more of what we need to know about our assignment for this end time. And so, you know, I just need to. To let you know, these meetings are a time for blessing. Obviously, when God's people get get together, He wants to bless you. It's time a time of revelation. He wants to give you something and let you see something that you've never seen before, you've never understood before, you've never really figured it out before. You know, sometimes you can see something in the Word, and He's like, "Yeah, I see it," but you know, I just There's got to be more to it. See, that's what God wants to do. He wants to open it up to us even more. There are things that he's beginning to show a lot of you that he wants to expand on. And so there's an expansion of the revelation that God's already given you that he wants in these meetings. And then there's some impartation that he wants for all of us. It could be... Impartations in the giftings that God has in you, He maybe some impartations and some things that you've never given voice to, that you've never even considered, might be something that God wanted to use you in. It might be strengthening for the for the tasks that He has for us. There's a lot of different things that God can impart in these five services, but He He wants to do that. But there's always a God part. And there's always a man part. In everything that God does, there's two sides of it. God will do his part, but we will always have a part to do with it. It's not just just up to God. You know, I went back and and I looked, you know, at some things. And and, uh, John 14, 16 talks about the comforter. Jesus said, I'll send you another comforter. Well, the Phillips translation of that says, someone else to stand by you. He will he, The comforter has come so that we've got somebody else besides Jesus. Jesus can't be here in the flesh, but he gave us the Holy Spirit. Now, if you go on down in verse, in, uh, verse 26 of John 14, it talks about the comforter again. And, you know, the definition, that, you know, we've all come to know and love of that word comforter is counselor, helper, advocate, intercessor, and standby. The amplified says, uh, word, uses the word strengthener. And in Romans 8, 26, he's talking about the comforter again. He says that he helps us. He helps us. Well, when you go back to use that, look at that word helps, it really means to take hold together with. God wants us to, to depend on the Holy Spirit to take hold together with us. Not for us, but with us. See, God's not going to do our part. up to us to do our part but he's got somebody in place to help us do our part if we'll rely on him you know matthew 11 30 talks about take my yoke upon you for my yoke is easy my burden is light Uh, the norley translation says my yoke fits so easily that my burden is light. And so, you know, we, you know most of the time you talk about the word yoke, you, know, you think of it as, as something that's some kind of a punishment, it's a burden, it's, it's heavy, you know, it's, it's all these negative things. But really, there's other uh, definitions of that word yoke. So how about this? Something that couples or binds together. See, the Holy Spirit wants us to be yoked together. With him. He wants us to bind ourselves, to couple ourselves with him. Another definition says to become joined, linked, united. And the reason that he wants us to become joint, linked, and united with him is to accomplish a task. When you take two oxen and you put a yoke on them, The they're they're joined together to do the work that needs to be done to get that field plowed. See, now the Holy Spirit wants us to join him so that whatever it is, whether it's plowing a field, whatever it is, we have the helper. We're joined together with him. We are equal partners in this thing, so to speak, so that the job gets accomplished. And... um, so you don't need to look at a yoke as a bad thing, but in this case, it's a very good thing. Can you imagine? One oxen maybe could get that field plowed, but it would take so much effort and it wouldn't get done as well. Two together. Oh, my heavens. It just reminds you about the power of agreement where two are gathered. You know, if one if two can put a thousand, if one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight. And listen, it's a multiplied thing. And where God's concerned, a yoke doesn't have to just be just for two. It can be for more than two. You know, that's where the body in a local church comes into play. Every part of the body is important, and every part of the body is necessary. Important and necessary. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about one body. The fact is, let's just go over there. And take a look at a couple of things. 1 Corinthians 12. You know, you know these scriptures. I know you do. This is just, you know, I I don't want to call it review, but I just want to call it, uh, what is, Proverbs, that word wisdom, hackma, pounding it in. Let's go over it again. in of uh, Proverbs I mean 1 Corinthians 12:12 12, 12, for this the body is one and has many members and all the members of that one body being many are one body so also is Christ for by one spirit are all we all baptized into one body verse 14 for the body is not one member but many uh, you go on down, and, it's, and in verse 21, it says, The I cannot say unto you, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. You know, and, and it really just goes to the, to the fact that we need each other. And we need all of you. I need all of you. You need all of us. God needs all of us. And so you can't say that one person is more important than another because everyone has its functions. Go with me to Ephesians 4. Hallelujah. you? Let me see where I want to start. Um... You could read so much of this chapter, I'm telling you. Let's just start in verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. And unto every one of us is given grace. Gifts, according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And then you go on down. And it talks about, um, let's see, verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. Not some joints, not a few joints, not most joints, But what every joint supplies, you are connected with me, I'm connected with you, you're connected to the person sitting beside you, the person in front of you, the person behind you, the person across the church from you, you are connected to them. It says, compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working, in the measure of every part, makes increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Listen, every joint, every person has something they're supposed to bring as a supply. Every one of you. I know it can be easy just to sit back there and just think, well, you know, yeah, I can come, I can just sit. No, you can't. You can if you want. I mean, that's your choice. And that's the whole thing is is a choice. You can choose to just sit there and participate. None. You can sit there and just choose not to become involved, you know, at all. But you have something that the rest of us need. You have something that the Father needs. You know, we've talked about prayer so many times in the past. And, and we come back to the same phrase that John Wesley made. That it seems that God can do nothing unless someone prays. Because we're not of this world, but we're living in this world we have the right to invite him in to do what he wants to do and to fulfill the plan that he has for man in this earth. But it requires that we do our part. You have a part to play. Now, when you get to heaven, you, know, you can't look at the Father and say, well, I didn't have anything to give. And he'll say, yes, you did. You just didn't use it. See, sometimes there are giftings and abilities in people that um, they just need to open up. You know, it's kind of like this little package, this little gift. Well, it looks really pretty, and I'll just leave it sitting on the shelf because it looks pretty. I don't want to mess the bow up. Listen, mess the bow up. Open it up. Let's find out what's inside. I mean, there's, there's some major things on the inside of you. You may not consider them major. The Father considers them major. He alone knows how much the giftings and the graces that are on the inside of you can and should and will, if you use them, affect other people. How much they can, should, and will affect a service, a set of services. If you will just take them out, open them up, and begin to use them. Don't do like my father used to do. He would take a gift I gave him for his birthday or Christmas, and he'd let it sit in the box for six months to a year. You know, some of you have been sitting on these boxes for years. Open them. Use them. Find out how much wonderful value there is inside what God has given you and put them to work. I'm promising you, you will enjoy it. You will th- be thrilled with what God is able to do through you with what he's put in you. You know, it's, it's unfortunate that uh, I, I wrote this down this afternoon. I thought, oh, okay, Lord, you know, that's, that sounds good. I wrote this down. The church is handicapped when everyone doesn't do their part. Let me say that again. The church is handicapped when everyone doesn't do their part. You just take the natural body as an example. Somebody who is missing a limb can make adjustments for that limb. They can get a prosthetic or they can just learn to live without that limb. I I know this this young man. I mean, he's probably about uh, 10, is he? You know who I'm talking about. And he was born with, what, no hands? His arms are very short to start with. He's he's got he yeah, he's got like two fingers like I don't know what is it like the, the like two, two like these two maybe you know they're not they're not fully formed just two fingers on one hand and I think maybe just one on the other and he's 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 like eleven did you say 10? 10, he's ten years old now and uh, it's amazing what he can do. Absolutely amazing. I just saw a video of him the other day playing the piano. Three digits is what he has to work with. He was playing the piano. See, you can learn with your physical body to adapt to a situation where you're missing parts. God does not want us to adapt to the fact that we're missing parts of our body. We do we do adapt, but that's not his highest and best. You know, a person who can't, who, who's blind, they will, they'll begin to develop their other senses to make up for the fact that they can't see. But that's not God's best. That's not what God wants. He wants us complete. He wants us whole. He wants everybody doing their job. But see, sometimes we're tempted because we look around and we see, well, you know, it looks like everything's just going just fine. They don't really need me. And so there are people who aren't doing their part who use that as a justification not to do their part. Well, they're getting along fine. They don't, you know, they don't really need what I might have. Yes, we do. We need every, We aren't complete. And the job isn't complete. And the fullness of what God wants to do isn't complete unless everybody does their part. Don't look around and say, "Well, you—they've yeah, got it covered. I don't, they don't need me. I could do that, but they've got it covered. I don't. It's not necessary. It is necessary. Somebody else shouldn't be having to carry your load." That got big, big, lots of big amens. It's the truth. It's the truth. If you've got an injured foot over here, this foot, the good one, begins to carry a bigger load than it's supposed to. What happens after a while that you start having pains in the good foot because now you've overcompensated for the lack of the, of the ability that this foot was supposed to take? Don't let that happen. Don't let that happen. John 14, too, we we used this this last weekend, you know, at, at Granny Green's funeral, where Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. Well, conversely, we need to prepare a place for him. We need to do that every time we come together. But especially important right now is preparing a place for him starting April the 8th. Morning and evening, Monday, Tuesday, There's something that resonates on the inside of me that this is a very important set of meetings. That God wants to tell us some things. He wants to show us some things. He wants to encourage us in some things. And he wants us to go do some things. And will they'll come about if we get everything that we can out of these meetings. You know, I was listening to Leah's message on responding, and I thought it was really, really good. But, it, it of course, it, it triggered some other things on the inside of me. You know, responding is a conscious decision. I think she said that. It's a conscious decision. And when you decide not to respond, you've made a, you've made a decision. You've responded by, re, by saying, I'm not going to respond. You, you've made that response. You will respond either one way or the other, either by action or inaction. I have decided to respond with inaction. And... Um, you know, and I love the fact that she you know, pointed out a couple of things, like over in Mark 14 and Luke 22, you got the two companion verses, and where he, he talked to them about putting their nets down in the water, and they say, Lord, we've toiled all night, but nevertheless, at your will, we'll do it. See? You have, a, you have, an, you have an opportunity to respond, you know, and the best response is the correct response. Not the one that gets me off the hook, not the one that satisfies my flesh, not the one that doesn't cause me any inconvenience, not the one that doesn't impact my schedule, not the one that is easy, but the correct response is what God wants. Now, God'll witness some things to your heart. you know, how are you going to respond to that? See we don't we don't always we don't in fact, is we rarely have an opportunity to uh, have somebody else say, you didn't respond right. Sometimes you do. But, you know, there are a lot of times that we, we make that choice on the inside where nobody sees, nobody hears, nobody knows. So what's your response going to be? Nevertheless, at your, at your word? That's Luke 5. What does the word say? There's some things that we just need to respond to that just the word's already clearly said. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. See, there's a lot of people who, who, who don't even want to respond just in the basic stuff. You know, and nevertheless, not what I want. Even Jesus said that. Lord, not my will, but yours. You know, if this... if Jesus said... Himself, if, Lord, if it's possible for this, this to be any other way, do it. But if not, whatever is your will, I'll do that. See, that's the correct response. So, for us, what is that correct response? Well, how about this? Matthew 5, 6 says, blessed. Well, let's just go over there. Matthew 5, Verse 6. See, I, I, I've, this is some serious stuff. Really is. You think, well, it's no big deal. It's just another meeting. No, it's not just another meeting. It's not just another, you know, another guest speaker. It's just kind of, oh, I can take it or leave it. And you should never have an attitude that I can take it or leave it. Never. When it comes to the things of God, you can take it and you can leave it. But who does that hurt the most? You. It has has a ripple effect. But who loses out the most? You do. Matthew 5, verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness... For they shall be filled. So, our first correct response is to become getting to a place where we actually hunger and thirst for the things that God has prepared for us. You know, without hunger, you won't go seeking anything, you won't go digging after anything. If I'm not hungry, it doesn't matter how much good stuff is in that cabinet. Or in that refrigerator. If I'm not hungry, it's just like, well, it's, it's there, but so what? If I'm not thirsty, it doesn't matter how much fresh water there is coming through the pipes. I'm not thirsty, it doesn't matter to me. It's of no consequence to me. But I'm telling you what, when you're hungry, you're going to go looking. When you're hungry, you're going to make some effort to find out what is in there. What's in that refrigerator? What's in that cabinet? What's in this box? What's in this wrapper? Yeah. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make an impact. If you're thirsty, you're going to go looking for something to quench that thirst. See, that's where we really need to start is to stir up the hunger and the thirst. If it's not there, you start finding it. Get hold of it. Say, Lord, this, you know, I, I want what you what you want. I, I'm I'm putting myself in a position to to hear you and to obey and to and to dig deeper and to go further and and do you have to start there. And if you're if you're already a certain level of hunger, say, Lord, I want to be hungrier. I am hungry. This is what I want. I'm thirsty. You show me, you fill me, you satisfy me. You can go after those things. You can decide whether you're hungry. You can decide whether you're thirsty. You can decide that. You know, have you ever been somewhere where the smell of fresh baked bread just kind of came through the air? I mean, suddenly it's like, oh, man, i got to find out where that's coming from. i got to have me some of that. I grew up in Jacksonville. There was a Maxwell House coffee plant on the south side of Jacksonville. You know, and when the wind was blowing right, that, right, right the entire... South end of town smelled like coffee. Well, to me, that's the only good thing about coffee is the smell. You know, but it made you want to go find some. Well, everybody knows that. If you put the smell out there, you know, it'll generate hunger. It'll generate thirst. You know, people will come looking for it. That's how you sell this stuff. Listen, God's got the best product that there is. And he's putting it out there. Just breathe deeply and get a good whiff of what God's got available for you. Just, just, get, just, just think about all the things that he's done for you. And the, and the things that he's imparted to you. And the things that he's opened your eyes to. And don't be satisfied with what you've had. When you get through with, with breakfast, you're done. Okay. Okay. That's it. But a few hours will go by and you get thirsty and hungry again. You, get, you, you usually find a way to satisfy that hunger and that thirst. It's the same thing with the things of God. When you walk out of a service, oh man, that was good stuff today. But it shouldn't take long before that hunger starts rising back up on the inside of you. That thirst starts starts taking effect in you till you want something more. I gotta have it again. I gotta have more. I've gotta have it. I've got it. That's where our first response comes from. Well second response is Lord, I'll do whatever it takes to be in those services. I'll do whatever it takes. I'm talking to the Wednesday night crowd, so usually I don't have to encourage you too much in this, but there's always people who need to be encouraged. You know, the fact that that they need to be present. You know, we had so many wonderful testimonies last Wednesday night, you know, of things that had happened in people's lives, and, and it was a result of being where the things of God are. Listen, a corporate anointing takes a corporate effort. You want to be in on the corporate anointing? You have to put some effort into it. It, re- it requires all of us. Isn't it? what's talked about in the New Testament about when they were all in one accord and all the things that happened when the church gathered together in one accord? A corporate anointing takes a corporate effort. And the degree to which that anointing can flow depends upon the degree that the people sitting in that place respond to the Spirit of God. It can be higher, it can be lower. We can decide at a certain point, ah, that's enough. Or we can just keep drawing on it and see how far God wants to take us. So number one, you have to decide right away to be present. You know, somebody says, well, you know, I've got lots of things to do. Well, listen, we've been announcing these services for weeks. What kind of plans have you made to be here? Well, I'll see if it fits my schedule. No, no, that's not how this works. You make plans as soon as you hear that this is, this, okay, Sundays are, you know, okay, no big deal. I, I'm, I'm good for a Sunday. But Monday and Tuesday, besides Wednesdays, really? Come on. That's when you have to make plans ahead of time to be here. Listen, there are natural things that you can put into place so that you're available to show up. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. There are natural things. There are things you can plan ahead for. You can plan ahead to have the laundry all caught up. You can plan to have meals already laid out so that you already know what you're going to do. You can simplify things, have leftovers. You can do there's a lot of things you can do to make preparation for a set of meetings. You don't wait to the last minute. You don't look at your schedule and go, Well, they've already got me scheduled to work. No, that's when I go back to that calendar and, and whatever and say, can I switch with this? Can I do this? Can I do this? Too? Can I do this? I need to make sure I'm in the... See, that goes back to hunger and thirst. If you're hungry enough, you'll do whatever it takes. If you're thirsty enough, you'll do whatever it takes to get where the thing is that's going to satisfy that hunger and thirst. You know, well, you know, I, you know things, things have a ha- way of happening, you know, that, that, that just come up. Have you decided to pray about those things in advance so they don't come up? We expected this horrendous weather yesterday. We took authority over that, at least at our house we did. Here at prayer on Monday night we did. It really didn't come to anything yesterday. Listen, you can take that same power that's resident on the inside of you, that same power, that same dominion, that same authority, and you can take authority over situations that might come up that would prevent you from being here Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, And Wednesday it works the same way but it only works if you decide I will not allow anything to interfere with my being there I won't allow it I'm not gonna have it I'm gonna be there whatever it takes if I have to come in my work clothes if I have to miss supper if I have to make up the time later whatever it is I have to do that's called hunger that's what that's what it's all about well, my kids need to be in bed, and, and you know, at 8: 30, and the church probably won't be out till at least nine. Listen, my children have been out years at late meetings, and we believed God for them to be refreshed in the amount of sleep that they would get that night, and they always were. Don't look for excuses. The enemy will provide you with many. He will provide you with more than what you've got time to think about. But if you make up your minds that you will not allow anything to keep you from being here, nothing will. Nothing will. Then there's the response is to come with an expectation. So that when you get here, you begin to draw on the gifting that's in Brother Randy. He is, like Pastor said, a true prophet of God. There's a lot of people go around today calling themselves prophets that are not. But he's a true prophet. And there is no telling what God can bring out of him. Listen, he will come prayed up. He will come ready. But, what, but what, is, what comes out of him will depend largely upon what we draw out of him. So you come and your response is, I've come to get every possible thing I can out of him. And then be receptive God just might turn your little world upside down, those few services. Who knows? He might just turn you inside out, right side up, you know, whatever. He might just upset your little apple cart, you know. Be receptive to whatever God wants to do and just say, not my will, Lord, yours. Whatever you say, Lord, at your word, nevertheless, at your word, nevertheless, at your word, receive it it'll change you for the better hallelujah and then be responsive to whatever the holy spirit's doing in the service so many times you know you you think it's simple but it's really not you know there's a a healing anointing in 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 the service and something will be called out you know if somebody's right here has got a headache and and if you don't respond quickly that anointing fades away so, in the middle of these kind of services, whatever is happening, respond and respond immediately. If it's to a prayer line, if it's to an invitation, if it's if it's to a um, a word of knowledge, whatever, respond. That's the thing that keeps it going. That's the thing that makes it go to a higher level. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19 says, I've set before you this day life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose therefore. It says choose life. He tells you what to choose. So I'm telling you tonight, make the right choice. Make the right response. When we were in Colorado a couple of weeks ago, the most interesting, I did all the cooking that week and I did all the grocery shopping that week. And uh, it was amazing what I noticed. This package of potato chips that's just kind of floppy. You know, you can break the chips real easy. When it's at 10,000 feet, that thing is so full. It's the big pillow. Everything, you know, the sour cream, you know, everything, every package you open, you know, you got to burp it you know, when you start to open it because it's just so full in there. Listen, God's been taking us to a place with at a higher level, and he wants us to be full. And when you go to a higher level, you'll get full. You'll be full. Don't just stay down there in the lowlands. Come up to here where God's at. He wants us to, to reign on the high places. He wants us to, to walk with him on the high places, and we're going to do that. We're going to get full, and we're going to stay full, and everybody's going to be able to see how full you are. We've been taking steps up and steps up and steps up over the last couple of years, you know, and it's really, really time for us to see some things. Listen, I I know that the Lord said to me on Monday night, there's going to be some breakthroughs in your personal lives if you will respond correctly, if you will choose wisely, if you'll be here, if you'll draw, if you'll respond to the Spirit of God, There's if you'll put your attention on focus and focus on hungering and thirsting after the things God's got for us, he will in turn cause some breakthroughs in some people's lives that are in here. I don't know what those are, but I'm looking forward to finding out. Amen. Hallelujah. Hmm. But remember this. For all that God has ordained to be accomplished in this church, it will require each of us doing our part. And I love something Pastor Greg said. Months and months ago, he was teaching on. Um, um, what was he teaching on? Um, <laughs> what was that long series he did? Huh? Long series, Pastor Greg did about um, doing great exploits. Okay, it's been a good. has been a good. Probably a year or two ago. Maybe it, time flies. What can I say? But he made this one statement, and it stuck with me. He said, where we go, we go together. God's got some places for us to go, but we have to do it together. We can only go to those places when we do it together. So tonight, I just want you to just respond to what God's... You know, I know sometimes it must sound like they're just harping on the same stuff all the time. It's for your benefit. Did you harp at your kids to brush their teeth once a year? No. It was probably daily, and sometimes it was twice a day harping. Did you brush your teeth? No, ma'am. Did you brush your teeth? No, 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 no. Listen, sometimes that's what a pastor has to do. It comes out sounding like harping. I'm so sorry. But it's for your good. It's for your benefit. And it's to increase the kingdom of God. You're on assignment. We're on assignment. But where we go, we go together. And it will require every last one of us to really do the job that He wants us to do. We can get there in a measure with just most of us. But do you want to be satisfied with just most of us? I I would like to see it be 100%. If you walk in these doors on any given service, I would love to see it be 100%. But I'm especially impressed that for this set of meetings, There is something tremendous waiting for us. God will do his part if we'll do our part. And it's important that we all do our part. Not leave it up to some, not leave it up to most, but that we all understand that we do have a part. We play a part. It's required of us to give our effort to it and then just see the wonderful things God's going to do because of it at impact family church it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the word of God we have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching